This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. Great to have uh, Eric Wirtz and uh, Gary Koglianese uh, joining us here in the studio to talk about the uh, the VW recall. Eric, uh, Wharton Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics. Gary, uh, uh, Professor of Law and uh, Professor of uh, Political Science here at Penn as well. Uh, I mentioned uh, to you, Eric, that it was 500,000 vehicles. It's now up to 11 million worldwide. Uh, you actually, as you just told me, bought a clean diesel Volkswagen back in 2009. Uh, obviously, this probably uh, caught you a little bit off guard when this story started to make the rounds over the weekend. Well, at least I have a lot of company in the world. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's uh, 500,000 uh, vehicles are recalled. Uh, yeah, I was right in the beginning. I, I still own the vehicle. It's a 2009 Jetta diesel. And in fact, as you, uh, as you know, environmental issues are high on my priority sure. list. And I actually try to, I try to walk the talk to some extent. And when I bought the car, it was rated by very reputable uh, groups as the second best uh, fuel efficiency and overall environmental footprint kind of uh, a vehicle. And it was second to the Prius. And uh, it drove a lot better than a Prius. Uh, it really was, it's fun to drive. I, I was really happy with the car. Now I would talk why. to people, right, now I, know, <laughs> now I know why I'm having so much fun. Unfortunately, the, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, 40 times the ni- nitrogen oxide emissions once you're not testing it. So yeah, I feel deceived and I'm, I think I'm not alone. And there's gonna be class action suits have already been announced. Yep. Um, I think there are some very interesting issues about it though because the recall uh, idea, the usual remedy for a recall is that you are curing a safety defect, uh-huh. right? So, you you know, nobody has a problem bringing their car back in and, sure. and fixing the brakes so you don't have a higher chance of dying. This one is a little different because what it seems like, the, we don't know the details yet. I don't think a recall has actually officially been done, has been announced. But it's kind of strange because you're going to be bringing in your vehicle for having less, probably, there's going to be a performance hit yeah. if they are taking out the cheating. Yep. And then uh, there's kind of a question of like, well, I didn't buy a car that's, uh, that I bought it for this other thing. So <laughs> uh, there's a number of people, I think one person I, I heard say, and, and I think I feel the same, it's like, well, why did you buy the car back? Like, don't, it, this is not a, <laughs> it's not an easy fix where you just fix the problem and then I'm, I'm feeling uh, like I got what I bought. Yeah. Uh, so, th- so it'll be interesting. Uh, there'll be it'll be a very interesting. Unfortunately, it's going to be very painful for the company of Volkswagen. Well, and uh, and, and we've seen uh, Carrie obviously a, a great deal of of uh, interest in the auto industry uh, the last few years because of the issues that have popped up. Obviously, GM with the ignition switch recall. Uh, we've seen the airbag recall out of out of uh, out of the uh, out of Asia, and now we've seen this as well uh, from a legal perspective. What do you see happening with Volkswagen here going forward? I mean, we're talking about 500,000 of 11 million vehicles being here in the U.S., but the majority of them, 
as we think probably over in Europe. Right. Well, Europe has different standards, but there will be, uh, as Eric said, class action litigation, uh, and there will be general uh, uh, litigation over fraud because of yep. the way that Volkswagen had marketed these vehicles as environmentally uh, sensitive vehicles. And certainly, uh, although Europe has uh, sort of a, a less stringent in-use uh, emissions testing regime mm-hmm. than we do here in the U.S., uh, their marketplace, the consumer marketplace there, really values the environmental performance of vehicles, I think, even to a greater extent than than the American market does. Uh, I think the... Uh, the, the case also raises some really interesting questions. I know we're here talking about Volkswagen, but it also raises some really interesting questions about government capacity as well, mm-hmm. that this should go on for so many years yep. undetected by uh, the EPA and only come to the attention of the regulators by uh, the handiwork of a nonprofit organization that, that commissioned their own study of this. Well, and it is interesting. I guess they have already set aside uh, more than $7 billion for the repairs, or and I'm guessing also litigation that they're going to have to deal with uh, already. Uh, but in terms of the, the company itself, I, I would think that uh, whether or not, and, and it seems like this is being approached in some respects similar to what happened with General Motors in that Volkswagen is saying, and uh, Winterkorn, the, uh, the CEO of there, is saying this seems to be the act of a few people from that perspective. I think we're going to see probably wholesale changes with Volkswagen in the coming years, I would think. Well, I think this will be a, a, a pivotal event for the company, and we will have to see how it survives. It's so important for this company because of its retail marketing, you know, its reliance on it's a retail company, right? Yep. Now, back in the 1990s, EPA had experienced the same sort of thing with heavy duty diesel truck engines. Uh-huh. And Caterpillar and some of the other truck engine companies settled an $83 million settlement agreement with EPA over very much the same sort of allegations where there were software algorithms that were programmed into the onboard engine computers that recalibrated after the testing protocol. This wasn't unanticipated. It's Uh not unforeseen. It's happened before. uh, But it will have um, uh, very significant fines associated with, under the Clean Air Act, up to... uh, $37,000 per vehicle in sure. violation, which could be well in excess of the $7 billion that VW has set aside. We're talking uh, with Eric Ortz uh, from uh, the Wharton School and also Kerry Coglianese from uh, Penn Law. We're talking about the VW recalls. Uh, your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. Or if you'd like, send a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Uh, in terms of the environmental aspect of this, as you both have mentioned, Europe takes this uh, very, very seriously. The United States obviously does as well. The push that we have seen and we've talked about on this show to improve the environment is a very important one. From a brand perspective, as we've just kind of alluded to, what do you think this does to VW here in the United States? Because they're professing one thing, and obviously for a long time, they've been doing something totally different. I think it's going to be a very serious hit for them here. They've been struggling in the U.S. already, 
And so uh, uh, we can see maybe some of the reasons why they would have very strong incentives to try to improve their their market share. But I think it's going to be a very big hit. It's going to be I, I, we'll see what happens. Already, the stock price has declined 35%, yeah. uh, which is a fairly strong indication of a, of, a very, of a big problem. And as Carrie mentioned already, I think the environmental qu- kinds of questions and, and, and the importance for brands in Europe is very high as well. So uh, my, my sense is that they are going to be doing some internal house cleaning. I, I'm surp- I would be surprised if the CEO actually survives this, and yeah. it's an interesting question to say, who is responsible for these kinds of issues, and when is it time to, to take responsibility? It's, it's hard to imagine uh, that there would be not su- a relatively high level of, some, of, of uh, executive that signs off on this kind of a, this kind of a deception, I think. And uh, whether the CEO actually knew it or not, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how, the, how, how, they, uh, how they handle that. But it is interesting, Kerry, the fact that, that with all of these events that have happened, we really haven't seen prosecutions against any of these people up until this point. And, and it's something that a lot of people have wondered, you know, is it time to really start to, to push the envelope on this? We've you know, heard from various elements in Washington, D.C. that they're going to come down harder on the people that make these decisions, especially in the financial industry. Well, you know, the time is maybe now to say, OK, you know, prove it. Show, right. show us, show us that you're actually going to do this, right? I think that's uh, uh, that's even more likely in this particular case because it is a system-wide decision that was made, and it's hard to imagine whoever made it didn't deliberately intend to deceive. Yep. And it's it's a much different matter than even in the GM case where there are defective vehicles and it's there's a, often a greater degree of uncertainty of what when you're dealing with a safety defect mm-hmm. is it really the problem of the car is it a is it a systemic problem because that's really what's covered under recalls or was it just a few bad vehicles mm-hmm. right uh, here we have what seems to be at some level uh, a centralized deceit uh, and that's yep. going to be very hard uh, to withstand uh, uh, you know, individual prosecution. Yeah, let me just pick up on your general question because I think this case, um, we're, we're, this case raises a general question that we've seen repeated, which is how do you fix moral and legal responsibility on individuals within a firm when this kind of thing happens? Mm-hmm. And we seem to just be repeating this. And, and as you mentioned, a lot of people are saying, wait, we really want to hold individuals responsible, et cetera. Sure. But it's also interesting when you start to dig into it because individuals who are probably lower in the in the in the hierarchy are subject to incentives. They're subject to uh, orders that might not be recorded mm-hmm. by their hires up. So so your your job is depending on you know who's the programmer, for example. They sure. probably didn't come up with the idea to do it, but then are you gonna? Are going to take them and say, "Look, you knew that this was deceptive, and they're the ones that go to jail." Mm-hmm. Or do you really look at the at the larger systemic problem of how are we fixing moral and legal responsibility within firms? And I think that's the larger question that you're asking. Yeah. And I think I think this case will bring it up again. Well, I think one interesting difference in the Volkswagen case, I believe it's still the case that in German law you don't have criminal liability for a firm, uh, and in the U.S. we do. Yeah. But that's been another debate is uh, you have uh, banks or others who plead guilty as a corporation to some wrong, 
But you also then, you know, I think the, a lot of people are asking the question, well, how much does that help because the executives who did the wrong thing are getting off, uh, they're retired, yeah. often with very high pays that are not subject to the clawback. The golden parachute. Yeah, the, the shareholders, imagine shareholder of, of, of Volkswagen is very smart if you bought Volkswagen shares. I don't actually know the share price history, <laughs> but my guess is you did pretty well. Uh -huh. If you are buying at 2009, you may profit from the deception that's not perceived you sell your shares nobody's saying you did you you have any responsibility in that right you sold at the right moment before the fraud is detected but people who just bought in for example or uh, or, or whoever owns uh, another question is who owns uh, who owns v VW and what the incentive structures are because it's an unusual. There's a state that has 20% of the shares. There's a mm -hmm. sovereign wealth fund of Qatar has 17% of the shares. So it's it's only I think um, uh, is it 12% uh, owned by public shareholders. But the the question there is like who who get, who really is responsible and how do you pin responsibility on the on, on the individuals and maybe the firm in a way that actually changes this kind of repeat behavior that we see in corporations. Okay. I just want to add that you know I, I certainly don't want to take VW or its uh, managers and leaders off the hook either but I think there's also a fundamental question about responsibility by government here and I, sure, yeah. uh, I think that yeah. uh, we need to we need to realize that we're entering a world of big data uh, machine learning and this is really kind of a machine learning fraud I mean this is a very sophisticated algorithm within the software that was very hard to detect and and it's not so much that um, anybody in particular at EPA you know dropped the ball on this but I think as a public and as a society we need to think about investing in the capacity uh -huh. of government regulators if there's going to be a level playing field for companies here then uh, the government has to be able to detect these very sophisticated uh, frauds well, and, what, what, and we don't have we, you know we're not investing enough in in our government capacity for that in this high not only world. here but in Europe in, right? yeah, what's absolutely. happening in Europe all these vehicles were uh, apparently yeah. <laughs> nobody was checking over there well what what actually is the process that that the EPA PA goes through is it on an annual basis where uh, you know uh, vehicles are tested within you know as they come to the United States and obviously new vehicles as they come into the United States are tested a you know a sample size of, uh, of these vehicles are tested on an annual basis. Well, arguably, as Eric sort of alluded to, I mean the U.S. has sort of the state of the art or the best practices when it comes to vehicle emissions testing, we have both a pre-certification before the vehicle can be uh, marketed, it has to receive a certificate of conformity mm -hmm. from the EPA and has to put forward testing data uh, that show that it meets the standards. And then EPA does have an in-use testing <coughs> program. In this particular case, what the software uh, 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 you know, apparently yeah. was designed to do was detect when it is being tested and recalibrate the um, uh, the performance of the engine and the and the actual fuel mix and temperature uh, in the diesel engine. And by changing those parameters, you can optimize when it's on the testing equipment yeah. to meet the uh, emissions test. But when it's not. It's testing for the things that Eric likes, uh, the, you know, the engine performance the and, and fuel economy. It's, and it's still quite fun. <laughs> I just feel a, little, I feel a little less good about it when I'm, when I'm hit this accelerator. I, I get the um, feeling you're going to be at a VW dealership very soon. No, I think I'm going to hold on until, until this blows over. I think the, the, the resale value has, has plummeted. Yeah, I think right. so. Well, it's I think still so. driving pretty well. But the... Um, 
I, I want to pick up on one point that Kerry's mentioning, and that's, I think, why this is so severe or why why lawyers or government uh, officials are so upset because it yeah. really is a deception that n you have to know how the testing is actually done and then design a system sp specifically to elude the regulation. Sure, yeah. So this is not a question of, well, we just forgot uh, right. or we made a mistake and yeah. there was some – but but the, the idea that you have there. software that is 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 clearly designed yep. to be turned on turned off when you're when you're just running the vehicle is uh, I think that's what's disturbing and I think there I I'm not sure that the answer is um, I guess maybe I can test a little bit the, I, I think Carrie's right that you need to have capacity to test these things but I also think that you have to look at the incentives within corporations uh, in general to mm -hmm. follow the law and. Basically, the, the, yeah, it's a very competitive world out there, and the automakers are, are, are going at it very heavily. But there's got to be some basic rules of the game and fraud and deceiving governments to, for basic environmental standards has just got to yeah. be off the table within the firms. And then when, those law, when, when that becomes uh, found out, there has to be a way to actually provide incentives to hold those who did the wrong thing responsible yeah rather than I think our current system is not set up very well for that we don't really hold the right people responsible so the next it's going to then it's going to repeat right yeah. if, you, if, if you are doing something and and you just assume well you know I'm going to retire in five years so as long as this is not <laughs> discovered in five years I'm good or, or your shareholder who is who is uh, who doesn't really have incentives to or an owner uh, yeah. in this case uh, the the sovereign wealth fund of Qatar is not very happy, and the and the Porsche family, I guess, which <laughs> yes, has the majority, they're the other, they're the other they are part, they yeah. are not so happy. But they, but that you know, incentives for that for those for those owners and, and many other circumstances has to be has to be set at the right level. Eight four four Wharton is the number. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. If you'd like to join in the conversation, we're talking about the VW recalls. I'm sure there's probably a few of you out there that that, that kind of fall into the same boat as mm -hmm. our friend Eric Wartz that have a VW clean diesel vehicle and you probably feel uh, clean uh, diesel in quotes now right that, that's yeah, true yes that's right but still diesel very much diesel it's <laughs> yeah, the clean it's, it's, it's the clean part <laughs> 844-942-7866 but it, the, the fact that there was an absolute it seems intent by vw to do this makes me think in terms of the epa that you may need to rethink the standards or the process that you do but there really can't be any blowback on the people of the EPA because they were obviously, they were duped by this as well. No, I think it's, I'm, I'm really speaking here more to a, a culture that had disparages government and government capacity where we're, yeah. we're seeing uh, reduced budgets. And we have, a, I think, a very serious question about the technical capacity of government officials. We're seeing a widening <clears throat> gulf in this world of the Internet of Things and, and the uh, era of big data between the sophisticated of uh, the private sector, and I think now uh, we we need to really close the gap when it comes to uh, the capacity of government to be able to effectively regulate in this new optimizing world that we're living in. And, and seemingly that that gap that you talk about is growing, right? Exactly. You know, and it's going to continue to grow because, uh, as you were alluded to, the resources that government have shrink each and every year, and right. the resources that everybody else has continually grow. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I want to pick 
up on another phrase you used, and it reminded me. You said that you know what was VW's intent, yeah. and it reminds me of an editorial that struck me this morning in the New York Times. They say they have an editorial: What was Volkswagen thinking? Yeah. And it raised the question of who is this VW or Volkswagen? Right? It's a very large enterprise. It's a very complicated corporation, and we tend to immediately attribute a motive or an intention to this very large organization that, mm-hmm. in fact, only uh, is operated and, and only acts in the world through individual human beings yep. over time. Yep. And that, I think, is a little bit of the problem here is that there's a, there can sometimes be a tendency to just say, okay, all Volkswagen is evil because they did this, but who is Volkswagen? It's really probably a relatively small set of executives and, and, and managers within the firm mm-hmm. who know about this, yep. so the, but the harm is going to be is is pretty pretty large, and so it's interesting to try to tease that out, right? Of, of when do you blame an entire company, and, and maybe maybe the brand damage is going to be so bad that we're not going to that VW will we won't see VW in the same form again. That may be one 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 uh, one outcome, well, but it's a, it is a general question about how far do you really blame a big company for something rather than the individuals who actually have done the the bad acts. But certainly the, the company itself financially is going to be harmed for quite some time. I wouldn't use the term irreparably harmed because I think at some point they make these changes. Certainly the, you know, the next several quarters, they've already said that they, you know, they're going to take a mm-hmm. large charge already on the, on the coming quarter. But at some point, if because of what the brand was in the past, you know, if they make the corrections and they, they do things by the book for a long time, they should be able to to recover. I mean, you look at General Motors, General Motors has the ignition switch problem, yet realistically, they have had nothing happen to their brand at all. In fact, their sales are, you know, are exceptionally good the last year, year and a half. So, it, you know, it, it really talks about what we'll see down the line from G, from VW. Right. And they are, uh, at this juncture at least, handling it almost uh, by the playbook for crisis management, uh, by admitting that there was a mistake, coming forward and, and cooperating. Now, they had an opportunity to do that, I suppose, earlier, yes. uh, as uh, as we all are, are, are seeing. Uh, it, it depends, you know, what kind of hit the VW ultimately takes. Also, that's a deterrent for other companies to, to be watching out for this thing in the future. Well, it's a it's a deterrent, or it could be. I think your example was, is there really a deterrent? Because if I think that's the danger from a public policy perspective is that companies see this. And I think the same thing is arguably happened with the banks in the yep. financial crisis. Yep. If if what, what happens is well, there's a big problem, you have crisis management, there's going to be a stock hit, but at the end of the day, business is going to go on and, and continue as usual. And sure. no one actually has to take responsibility for a very large problem. Then you set up incentives for this to be repeated in the future. And that was a theme I think you were mm-hmm. you were starting yeah. us off with. Yeah. And that's, that, we, we need to think about how do we reform both business and the legal structure to try to get those incentives uh, better aligned. And the other, the interesting part about it is, is because of the fact that this is an international issue, it, it's also the relationship issue between the regulators in the United States and the regulators in Germany, which you kind of alluded to mm-hmm. before, about how they all kind of need to be on the same page going forward. So this type of a thing with automakers since automakers are global, right. doesn't happen again. I mean, certainly the Good last point. thing we want to have is another huge Toyota recall. 
right, you know, right. that we saw several years ago. Right, right. No, I think it's a very, you know, if, if Volkswagen plays this by the book and, and, and is able to recover and the brand value returns, you know, is retained, uh, you're right, that the market hasn't really disciplined this process. And that's one of the reasons why we need regulation, because of market failures. Uh, uh, The interesting thing here is this kind of regulation that was put in place, it's called a performance standard, because there's a performance test that the automaker, and these kind of uh, approaches to regulation are actually being advocated quite widely around the world in a number of different realms. Sure. Even President Obama has encouraged federal agencies to pursue performance-based approaches to regulation. This case really highlights one of the real downsides or risks that regulators have to be cautious about. So then, uh, in wrapping this up, uh, what do we expect to see as the quote-unquote ramifications from this? I mean, I would imagine we're going to see fines well into the billions, I, I would think, from, from the government. You mentioned about the, the costs associated per vehicle. Uh, is that realistically probably the, the end of what we're going to see, the fines? And obviously there will be changes made at, at VW, but that's more of a corporate uh, decision than, than actual government you well, know, you ha- downfall. You have EPA fines. You have the Department of Justice right now looking into corporate crime and fraud. You have class action suits. That's what's happening in the U.S. Yeah. And then, of mm-hmm. course, you have whatever is going to happen in Europe as well. Uh, so in terms of the, the legal action, this is going to continue for a good long time. Sure. There will be a lot of lawyers who uh, earn their keep uh, on this litigation for some time to come. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.